0: Hi, everyone. This is Ethan Edinburgh, and you're listening to the 2018 Bad Science fan-filled fanfare episode. Here's the backstory. I always encourage you guys at the end of every episode to send us an email at badscienceatsecret.com, and every now and then we receive some really great emails. So I wanted to give those people who love the show and took the time to write in a chance to be on the show. Now, when I pitched this idea to executive Perdude, whom I love, user Brett Kushner, Uh, I told him it would be 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. Um, So I'm sorry to Kush, but I had to include a lot more of these calls because the folks that I spoke with were very, very cool. You're gonna hear from Joe, who is an explosives expert who has been blown up four times, Kay, who spent two years in Peace Corps and loves the Fifth Element as much as I do, which is probably too much, and Alan, a special effects artist who is crazy about crocodiles. But first, we're gonna check in with the guest of episode one, Reggie Watts. Reginald Watts? Yes. Is this really you or some sort of clone or AI?
1: No, it's me, man.
0: Um. Well, Reg, I, uh, I just wanted to, of course, thank you for being on our pilot episode. It meant a lot to me. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you had any, like, 2018 science inventions that you loved or any science fiction predictions for the future. Hmm.
1: You know, I, uh, I did like, uh, you know, I guess more uh, electric car makers coming out with electric car models in the luxury sector, which is kind of, you know, the leader for determining technology for the rest of us. So, uh, that was really great. And, um, also that, uh virtual reality gear has been getting better and, uh, looks like 2019 will be really good for that. So there's a lot of prep work that's been done in
0: 2018. That's been pretty, I think it's going to be pretty instrumental in 2019 for sure. Is there like VR, new VR projects maybe that haven't come out yet or ones that came out this year that you really loved? Uh,
1: there is, uh, there's one. Uh, do you, I think there's a? It's one called uh, "Do You Expect Me to Die?" is the name of it. Whoa! And uh, you you play it uh, uh, a secret agent, and you have to defuse bombs and solve puzzles and things like that. And that one's really really fun. Um, cool. That that one I had
0: a great time with. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah. Happy New Year! Thanks for taking the time. Um, I hope you're enjoying Montana. And uh, if you want to, could you could you sing us a, a Happy New Year song? Sure, yeah. I just I just
1: wrote one so Oh that's perfect. Um, yeah, it's uh let's see if I can remember nah or no. Nah, yeah, something like that. Uh yeah happy new year happy new year don't you know it doesn't matter when the calendar was put in place by gregor he's a patter a patter on the cheek of some people who understood that agriculture and finances work well when they're on a schedule
0: wow and happy new year to you too Happy New Year to you. You're the best. <laughs> no, you're the best. Uh, thank you again. And uh, and how are you celebrating tonight? Are you on a you know champagne rooftop kind of guy?
1: You know, usually, usually I am. Um, but uh, you no, know, this this year I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop by the Rainbow Hotel in downtown Great Falls and see my friend. Mike in his uh 90s alternative cover band play some songs and then i'm gonna stop by one of the most uh elaborate man caves in in history in great falls where they'll have eight screens playing different things and every person bringing their version of a barbecue recipe
0: (laughs) wow well that i didn't expect anything less yeah, I'm good. I'm glad. I definitely don't want any more than that.
1: So yeah, that's
0: great. No, it sounds like you have your evening. I Honestly, you should get a nap in.
1: Yeah, I am going to try to get a nap. I'm going to go to the gym now with my friend Alistair, and then I'm going to come back and you know take a nap and just get ready and maybe take my mom out for some dinner before we go out.
0: It's going to be great. And are you going to celebrate on a rooftop? um i think we are ending up at a rooftop we're gonna go over friends first do some uh pre-gaming as i think the kids call it and then go to uh, a rooftop for champagne and festivities nice that's yeah. what i'm talking about yeah bro i'm gonna have like one yeah. or two drinks man
1: yes god <laughs> that's so great i know i'm gonna try to have like maybe maybe half a drink
0: oof I'm half lucky. a drink slow down baby
1: I, I know, but I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to do about 15
0: milligrams of THC, so fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, thanks again, Reg. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Ethan. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Here. You too. Hi, Ethan here. Okay, I'm going to play you my conversation with Joe, but I'm going to throw you into the middle because at the beginning we had some connection problems. So here's Joe.
2: So I am in a town called Jemez Springs, New Mexico, which is... Um, north of Los Alamos, so I'm at, like, 8,500 feet.
0: Wowzers. Okay, is it, like, harder to breathe there?
2: It is. It is. You you get winded walking to the bathroom. It's great.
0: Oh, that sounds fantastic. And so this entire time you've been working at the Los Alamos National Laboratory?
2: I have, yeah. I've been up, uh, they call it LANL, because everything's an acronym in the,
0: in the, uh, in the government. LANL. Yeah, I've
2: been, I've been working up at LANL the entire time. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a very sexy
0: acronym, is it? No, I like saying it. It's like flannel. <laughs> I, it's just a fun word to say. Um, okay, so you... It is. It I, is. I, I want to ask you, you you're, you're an expert in military ordnance and the explosions expert on the yeah. HAZMAT team, so can you, you know, tell me what that means? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sure, sure. So, um... I did eight years in the army as an EOD technician, which is explosive Ordnance disposal. You know the movie The Hurt Locker. Yes. That, but less Hollywood. Like that's like that. That was a movie about EOD techs. Complete false. You know. Uh, but it, it gives you a good idea of what I did in the military. Was we, that sort of stuff. Um, and if I'm rambling on, stop me. I've been blown up a few times, so I, I might get into a loop on you. No, no. that's, that's
0: <laughs> You're doing great. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm very interested. I just don't... I, I have no idea how this whole world works, so it's like very intriguing to me.
2: So I did that for eight years, and I taught uh, Battlefield Forensics, because I had to do like forensic analysis of all the bombs before they went off and after they went off. So like CSI Afghanistan kind of stuff. So I taught uh, Battlefield Forensics for a while there, and then I ended up joining a hazmat team here at Lanl, um, and because of the nature of things they do here, they need an explosive expert. So most hazmat teams don't have an explosives guy or a bomb tech on hand. Hmm. But because of like the explosive work that the laboratory does, both for um, conventional weapons and nuclear weapons and stuff like that, they they have to do research in explosives. They have to make a whole bunch of unstable chemicals sometimes. And they need to have a guy around, so that way when the explosives uh, become unstable, somebody needs to go in and get rid of them, that's me.
0: Got you. Okay, cool. Um, So, do you have any, I don't know, weird stories uh, that happened on this job? Or, I mean, in the military? I feel like you probably have a million stories.
2: I do. I do.
0: Um,
2: uh, in, in the the military, how about that? you know, so the, the third time I was blown up. Let's, let's skip the first two. What do you mean? I was blown up four times, which is... absolutely.
0: Uh, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. I just, I have so many questions.
2: <laughs> it's all good. And it's perfectly natural to have that many questions.
0: I've never heard... Yeah, I've ne- the caveat is... I've never heard anybody say like, the fourth time I was blown up. Just doesn't sound like a like a sentence from reality. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Most most bomb techs haven't been blown up at all, much less on multiple occasions. So I've been blown up four times: two times in a vehicle and two times outside of a vehicle. Wow. Uh, I still have all of my limbs uh, and all of my fingers and everything from the neck down works. Uh, exceptionally well Neck up eh, Not too much Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like an old boxer So it's good It's good touch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're going to tell A specific story But why would you be In a vehicle of, Two of those times Are you like d- Testing stuff in a car Disassembling A bomb in a car No
2: no So none of the times I've been blown up With a bomb I was working on So it was either on my way to it, you know, so driving from the base to where the bomb is in Afghanistan. So I've been to Afghanistan twice. Okay. uh, Both times as a bomb tech. And both times it was my job to either investigate a bomb after it's gone off to figure out what happened and, um, you know, ideally capture the terrorists, pull their fingerprints and figure out, you know, where this bomb came from. Um, And I, I also would, Disarm the bombs if they were found, right? So that hey, mm-hmm. somebody found something suspicious. They call me out there. I go out there and take care of the bomb. Right. So all four instances, I was on my way to or coming back from a uh, an explosive device. Okay. So the 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 third time we were called for a bomb, and it's in the middle of like this dry riverbed, right in the middle. Like they set it out, you can see it plain as day. Hey, look here's a big. You know, it might as well have been like a neon sign that says bomb is here, right?
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Um, <laughs> which is which is never a good sign. It means that they've hidden several other elsewhere. They're they're trying to get you to react to the the one you can see. Right. So um, I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine. We're we're uh, getting the truck ready. We're getting all of our you know robots and, and explosives ready to to go take care of this bomb that they found. And we parked near where there had been a bomb previously. Right, so there had been one there several months ago. Uh, my buddy wasn't there at the time, so I was trying to show him where there had been a bomb before, because they might have put another one there. Right. So we uh, we step around, step around the front of the truck, and I'm like, "Hey, man, there used to be a bomb right there." And he's like, "Where?" I'm like, "Right there." And it's like ten, fifteen feet away, and I'm pointing at it. "Right, freaking there!" And as I'm pointing at it, it explodes. So apparently, they put another one there. Oh Jesus! It just blew up next. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, next thing I know I'm laying on the ground and my buddy who's about a foot shorter than me jumps over top of me as, as he's laying down, you know, as I'm laying down and jumps into the truck in like one fluid motion like a jackrabbit, right? And he's holding the door shut because usually after they set off a bomb like they, they shoot at you and there's going to be an attack, there's going to be an attack. So he's, he's holding the door shut and I'm trying to get in. And I'm, you know, yelling at him, like, hey, let me in the truck. He's like, no, they're going to start shooting at us. I'm like, yeah, that's why I need to get in the truck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, Good idea. So
2: we, were, we were both, you know, thoroughly concussed at the time. So he's, he's confused. I'm confused. So finally, get in the truck, he's like, sorry, sorry for not letting you in the truck, man. You know, and it's, it's all good. Ended up Man. like one of those full-on uh, like Pulp Fiction moments like right, where all the bullets went behind us and none of the bullets went into them. You know, like the whole jewels at the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Right. Same kind of deal. Truck was all covered in metal. Everything else, me and him didn't have a single hole
0: in us. And so when the bomb goes off, I just have a question about that moment. Like, is it the... You know sure. what? What I'm thinking of the stereotypical Hollywood like. Do you hear that um, that tinnitus ringing and like go slow motion for a second mm-hmm. as you get up? What is what is that moment like?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, so that you definitely have the tinnitus thing, and, and after that one, I've had tinnitus uh, permanently thereafter. So that that doesn't go away. Just the volume goes up and down on it. You know. Jesus. Um. Sorry. I, I don't know. Have you ever been hit? No, no, dude. It's all good. It's it, it's all. For,
0: for me, it's a funny thing, right because you know uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy, right? <laughs> right, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what was the did you have like a physical recovery time? Was there like you know a, a, a week or two weeks after that you were just getting over the incident? How did you know what I mean? like how does that happen?
2: Yeah, so um, at the time, this happened in 2006, and this was before the whole TBI protocol came around, before that they were really looking at concussions uh-huh. as a, you know, kind of an issue. So they basically just gave me two days off. to like, hey, take the next couple days, uh, come back to the doctor 48 hours, and make sure everything's good to go, make sure you're, you know, there's no, like, internal damage or anything like that. And then they put me right back to work.
0: Did you feel good so about that? Did you 48 feel... hours, I was right back at did you feel capable, you know, mentally, physically? Like I, I can come back to work. I should go back to work. Or did you feel like, you know, what? I really could use uh, two weeks to chill out and and you know, drink a Corona.
2: Yeah, well, I definitely could have used the Corona, but that, cause they don't let you drink overseas.
0: Mm, didn't know that. So
2: at, at that point, I would have uh, would have definitely liked the Corona.
0: Yeah, you deserve um, a Corona after that. I that mean, should well, be that should be a rule, no?
2: No, yeah, agreed. In fact, that that should be a Corona commercial. Like, if Corona <laughs> sponsored the next war, <laughs> right. that would
0: be epic. Yeah, good call. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask the Corona people. I know them personally. <laughs> I have two more things I want to ask you about. One, you emailed in that you sure. c- could could speak uh, to Rambo and The Rock, and you thought those were good, like, explosive movies. Yes. So could you just, yeah, briefly tell me what you love slash hate about Rambo and The Rock and why you think those are good or bad explosion movies? So the,
2: are both stereotypical explosion movies and that, that's why like, they came to mind to begin with like the Ra- Rambo specifically like all of like the giant fireball Hollywood explosions mm-hmm. like that is your stereotypical 1980s action flick uh, as far as like things blowing up like dude will throw a hand grenade and a giant rolling fireball <laughs> will like come flying out of there and that is totally not what happens when a hand grenade goes off like at all Yeah, so that, <laughs> that, that that's indicative of, like, the 1980s, like, fireball, like, you know, Schwarzenegger's Stallone action movie kind of thing. So it doesn't have to, you know, be that movie specifically.
0: What is it, what, what's actually happening? Is it dynamite? What are they using for these huge fake grenade explosions?
2: Yes. Yeah, so what they're doing is they're taking uh, gasoline and diesel, and they're putting uh, a small, basically, string or cord of explosive, they call it deton cord. Uh, it's like a string, like, if, if you were to take... Uh, like a shoelace and make it out of explosives It's kind of the easiest way to visualize that. And they coil it up at the bottom of a a can or a container or depending on what size and shape fireball they want, like they might put it in a tube and then fill that tube with the gasoline, sometimes palm fronds or sometimes cardboard or different things in there to kind of get uh, a little bit more of an ashy uh, response, and then they set it off. And so the explosive sets off the gasoline, but it also launches it in the air.
0: The okay, the rock. Why do you think uh, the rock is... Is that just another example of the same kind of thing, like huge, unnecessary explosions?
2: Well, that and then the, uh, the the chemical weapon that's in it. So they're saying it's VX, which is this nerve agent. Right. There is absolutely no reason to put a Deadly chemical nerve agent into glass, essentially anal beads, and then stick it in a rocket, where somebody
0: could pull it back out. It always looked—it always looked ridiculous to me the way it seems so dangerous. The way that they're handling those beads yes. in that movie. Yes, that, that, that's
2: why that one came out. So it's got all those explosions, mm-hmm. and holy crap, why would you do that? Right, that's gotcha. totally not the way that it goes in, in like in real life. And I'm not going to like explain to anybody how to make chemical weapons, but we totally don't do that. Okay. We the government. Totally don't put it in glass anal beads and then stick them in rockets. that's
0: dumb. Okay, I totally hear that. That makes sense. Listen, Joe, you are a hero. There is no other way to say it. And I have a very quick quiz for you. Are you prepared to take this quiz? Yeah, totally. It's, a, it's an explosion quiz, obviously. So I'm, I have three things. Uh, you tell me what they are. Number one, IED.
2: Improvised Explosive Device. So that, that's a bomb that somebody makes uh, using anything they have laying around the house and explosives generally that they, they can either make or purchase
0: This is correct. Uh, re-
2: relatively easily.
0: Yes, one of one. M67.
2: M67, that's a hand grenade.
0: That is correct. It's a
2: fragmentation hand grenade.
0: Okay, two of two. The last one. Zen Tian Li.
2: Zen Tian Li. I am not familiar with Zen Tian Li.
0: In China, during the Song Dynasty, weapons known as Zen Tian Li, uh, which means sky shaking thunder, were created when Chinese soldiers packed gunpowder into ceramic or metal containers. It's, uh, it was one of the first grenades of all time.
2: Ah, I should have known that. I, I, I'm a history major.
0: Oh, so I got you good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a double. That's a double whammy. You got me twice.
0: Okay. Well, luckily, I'm going to allow you one mulligan. So you have a perfect score, three of three. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. You have. There's, I'm going to send you a bunch of uh, presents in the mail, a bunch of prizes, and they're all going to be explosive. So you got to be very careful opening the mail from me.
2: Oh, good, good, good. And that, that's also a good thing to say over um, an unsecured line
0: <laughs> and on a podcast. If you, if you say that statement a bunch, the Federal Government loves that. Do you? I was going to. I was going to. So it's so. <laughs> (laughs) funny man i was googling this stuff earlier and i actually thought about that i was like man maybe i'm being like tracked right now because i'm fucking googling explosive devices do you (laughs) do you even worry about that at this point because like you work for the government so do you think ever like oh man i got to stop saying this stuff on the phone because they're going to be tracking all my calls no no, i'm I'm not worried about it
2: um I, i am cognizant of what i do say and what i don't say (laughs) <laughs> Both, uh, on the phone or just even in person but that's that's more like security clearance stuff like hey you gotta be careful it's, so, it, it's never a good idea to teach just general members of the public how to make bombs you know what I mean so I, I,
0: okay so yeah give us the top three ways how to make bombs then real quick
2: okay top top three ways so um, <laughs> Here's what I prefer you need. it when, when, when people <laughs> I prefer when people make them poorly uh, because then either they don't go off or they blow themselves up in the process. Yeah. We call those self-correcting
1: errors.
0: Self-correcting errors. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> uh, okay, Joe, seriously, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show and, and writing in and uh, and hopefully we can have you in, in person one day.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and if you have any more
0: questions or anything else pops up, call. All right, you got it, Joe. Have a good uh, holiday season. You as well, brother. All right, bye. All right previous Bad Science guest is here, Aaliyah Kamalova. How's it going, Aaliyah?
3: Hello, I'm doing well.
0: Thanks for showing up to this 2018 wrap-up fanfare, fan-filled episode.
3: Love to be back on.
0: Yeah, well, uh, how'd you think uh, Joe's call went? That's pretty cool, right? Yeah,
3: that is so cool. He's He's a a hero.
0: He's a total hero, (laughs) a treasure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got Kay's call coming up here. She's going to talk to me about the fifth element. And uh,
3: she, I am so looking forward to hearing her phone call, like completely from the beginning to the end, especially the beginning, because that was like, like, you know that's like how you get started with everything, right? And I feel like it's such a symbolic for the new year. And I think I, if I don't hear the full phone call from beginning to end, I will block out out of rage. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm a bit of a completionist. Like I just—that's
0: cute. Um, unfortunately, and I don't want this to affect you in a negative way, of course, but I don't have the beginning of the phone call because of connection problems. So okay, I am—I'm
3: blocking out right now. I'm blocking out right now.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to try and take care of you. But uh, for everyone else, I'm just going to throw you into the middle of the phone call. Are you okay? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
4: Oh, I can. Sorry, it was a technical difficulty. I can hear you
0: now. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. How's it going?
4: It's going well. I'm excited to be getting your call. I am a little nervous.
0: (laughs) There's nothing to be nervous about. We are simply going to have a little conversation here about your background in the Peace Corps and about the Fifth Element
4: oh cool is this live like should i be live tweeting right
0: now no it is not live it is pre-recorded and then edited so it'll but it will come out tomorrow so that's fun oh oh no pressure okay (laughs) yeah um so uh kalina i'm saying that right yes it's Kalina, but you can call me k k okay k you have recently finished your time at the peace corps is that correct
4: Yes, I was in Peace Corps for uh, two years, from 2015 to 2017. I was in Botswana. It's in Africa. And then from there, I was in New Zealand. Uh, Not in the Peace Corps, just enjoying New Zealand.
0: Wow, that sounds fantastic. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand.
4: Please do. Um, And if you're... I'm guessing if you have a podcast called Bad Science, if you're a nerd whatsoever, you can get your Lord of the Rings, your Hobbit, uh, your fill of that there.
0: Wow, okay, that sounds really fun. Um, Okay, so yeah, tell me what you were doing at the Peace Corps. And should I say the Peace Corps or just at Peace Corps? Peace Corps is fine. Okay, so tell me what you were doing at Peace Corps.
4: Um, So, volunteers in Peace Corps Botswana, everywhere in Peace Corps, a different country, you're there for different things. It's a country stated of need. Um, we were there for HIV and AIDS prevention and awareness. I worked in a really small village and I just said I was a village volunteer. So basically what I did is anything the village needed, we kind of figured out a way together to get it done. So I did a lot of community education projects around HIV and AIDS prevention awareness, testing, education, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also worked with a small community-based village. We were trying to build the very first uh, elderly home in Botswana. Wow. And when I say build, I really mean we were out in a field pulling up trees, roots, gardening, building a fence, <laughs> like wow. building it.
0: That's amazing. Did you have a good time? Would you recommend others to do the same?
4: Yeah, I, it is definitely a life-changing event. It's very stressful, it's very hard, but it's also rewarding Is equally. It's very worth it. I knew I wanted to do it since ninth grade, so it was kind of like, life goal, completed.
0: <laughs> so wonderful. And so you, you mentioned in your email that you left... Uh, not only your friends and your family for those two years, but a promising career. So, what uh, what was that about?
4: Uh, that was just me trying to get on your podcast. Uh, but <laughs> so you were lying, I'm a social worker. <laughs> no I wasn't lying, but I'm not like a neuroscience or anything uh, scientist. I am a social worker. Uh, so, I was a hospital social worker for a year before I went into Peace Corps. What are
0: you What are you doing now?
4: Uh, I'm currently uh, unemployed, so uh, if you guys want to hire me, give out my phone number, it'll
0: totally be fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll give out your phone number on the podcast. That seems like a good idea. Um, Okay, so let's talk about The Fifth Element for a second. You seemed very excited about this movie, um, which struck a chord with me because I've seen this movie, I don't even, probably over a dozen times. I'm not sure, maybe it hit me like at the perfect place when I was little, um, and I just would watch it over and over and over again. I think the music is... Is great but I wanted to hear from you why you love the movie so much
4: the same thing I just kept watching it over and over and what kind of developed in my mind why I think it's so great is it's just so ridiculous I am not gonna sell you it this as a serious space movie mm-hmm. um, it is just ridiculous it's funny they have all these things going on, and it kind of, in a weird way, ties together, but then doesn't match each other. Uh, I personally think Bruce Willis did not know this was supposed to be a ridiculous movie, which makes it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody else is like, okay, this isn't serious, but don't tell Bruce Willis, otherwise she's not going to do it. He's a big name.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it does definitely have this, like, sense of, I don't know, that it doesn't take itself very seriously. Like, there's jokes throughout the movie. It's kind of like an action comedy almost, right? Yeah
4: definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so um real quick I wanted to just ask if you had other films that you really loved or I don't probably not as much as The Fifth Element, but you know, just other sci-fi films you think we should do.
4: I don't know if you could do this, but I think you should explore Sharknado.
0: Sharknado yeah I've never seen it yeah. but that makes sense there seems to be a lot the, to talk about there I'm
4: not ashamed to uh, say uh, that I've seen all of them but it was when my mom me and my mom watched it when she was going through chemo and it was just so. It was just the ridiculousness that we needed at that point um, a more serious movie you could either do Terminator or Equilibrium
0: oh both good calls love both of those films a lot a lot of people don't know about Equilibrium which I find a little bit strange right I think it, it came out like at the same time as The Matrix, and I think The Matrix just like absolutely took over. Um,
4: do you think the mind. writer, of like curses The Matrix every day? It's like, damn you, Matrix.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I would. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Um, okay, so I have a little uh, Fifth Element quiz for you.
4: Oh, no. Okay. Yes. I watched it last night. I think I'm ready.
0: Oh, yeah. If you watched it last night, then you, you couldn't be more prepared. Okay, <laughs> Okay. so, uh, first question, I want you to finish this quote. It's a Corbin Dallas quote. Okay. And he says, listen, lady, I only speak two languages, English and? Bad English. That's correct, bad English. Okay, do you know Zorg's full name?
4: Uh, John Baptiste something something Zorg.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, John Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg.
4: The manual, there we go. I'll give
0: it to you. That was much closer than I thought you would get. Just
4: something, something I think is implied, right? Yes. Like that I
0: knew it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that's what Gary Oldman was saying on set also. Do you know who the first choice was to play Ruby Rod? Ooh, no. Because
4: I couldn't picture anybody else but Chris Tucker. His high-pitched scream, Yeah. gets
0: me. Chris Tucker absolutely <laughs> destroys this role, and I feel like almost anybody that was... Placed in that situation would have ruined it and just like made a fool of themselves. And I thought almost everything he says is so good, so funny. Uh, And and shockingly, they wanted Prince to play this role.
4: I can't see that. I love Prince. Uh, He can play almost anything, but I he would make it way too sexual.
0: (laughs) Okay, the last one. Can you name the five elements in the movie?
4: Yeah, Earth, Wind. Fire,
0: water, and then love. Yes, that's correct. It's based on uh, five elements of Hinduism. Do you know what the fifth element is uh, in Hinduism?
4: Oh, I do not. So the other I four. I thought you said this
0: was going to be easy. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. I'm here to challenge you. Uh, so the other four are the same, but the fifth one is just space or uh, void.
4: Oh. That's cool. I can see what they did there.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Kay, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and I hope uh, you're having a lovely holiday season. And... Thank
4: you. Yeah, I totally forgot it was New Year's Eve when I suggested uh, today, so Happy New
0: Year's. Yeah. Um, happy Eve. New Year's to you.
4: I do have one question. Please. Actually, I have a few questions. So, you've seen the movie, obviously. Yes. Um, the diva Pablo Laguna? Yes. Do you have any theories of what her exit strategy was to get those stones out of her body?
0: I, I was no. watching
4: that last night and was like. She's kind of
0: lucky she got shot because I, I know what I, I, was there. I always thought about that, actually. And so I, I always assume that either A, she's like a psychic of some sort that knew yeah. this is how it's going down, um, or B, she has like a, a way of, an, of some sort of alien compartment where she can easily get the stones in and out of her stomach because it's also like, how did she get them in there? She didn't eat those right. things. They're huge. So I don't know. I thought maybe after the opera, she would like go to some back room, open up her stomach cabinet and take out these stones
4: yeah which i was like i hope that's in the deleted scenes because it's it's a question that's plagued me (laughs) um awesome and then i do want to mention it just because i talked to another fellow nerd of mine i think my friend nick sums this up i served in peace corps with him he says uh he loves the fifth element as well and he says it's the casa blanca of sci-fi movies it throws a bunch of archetypes and cliches in a room and lets them duke it out and sees who wins
0: wow yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that um, uh, film buffs would be furious to hear that the fifth <laughs> element is the Casablanca of anything. Um, oh,
4: oh, that would make, make Nick so happy to hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, tell him he's... I, I agree with it. I think that that's right, and I've definitely, again, like, out of any sci-fi movie, I've probably seen it the most, which is kind of embarrassing to say, I feel like, but Stay I- Say proudly,
4: because we all have. You're just proud enough to say it out loud.
0: <laughs> it's got everything that you want, you know? It's got
4: pyramids, it's got space, it's got alien
0: races, it's got new technology. Yeah, and all the acting is great. Like, all the characters are so good. It's, uh, it's really special to me, so I'm glad that we, you know, can can bond over that, and, I, and I'm glad that Nick agrees, because I respect yep. him. Well, again, yeah, happy new year. And seriously, thank you for, you know, listening to the show and writing in. It uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, no problem. All right.
3: All right. Bye.
0: Bye. Okay, bringing in the new year. We got one more phone call, Leah.
3: Nice. Excited to hear it.
0: Yep. It's with Alan. He's a crocodile and alligator expert and special effects artist.
3: Nice. And I call him Al for short. And I call alligators that. Do you so call this anything? is perfect.
0: <laughs> Do you call anything else Al for short? Mm. Alphabet?
3: Yeah, just alphabet.
0: So you know your Al. What's that? So this email was so fantastic. Alan wrote in a ton of stuff, very specific. Uh, he clearly took a lot of time. He sent me a ton of links to like YouTube videos of alligator attacks.
3: Did you watch all of them?
0: Uh, or crocodile attacks? I, I did. I did watch all of them, and it was it was tough. Wow. Yeah.
3: Okay. Would you rather fight one? Crocodile-sized alligator or one alligator-sized crocodile?
0: (laughs) I mean, I would rather fight the alligator. Wrong
3: choice, buddy.
0: (laughs) What? No. (laughs) I'm sure
3: Alan will clear that up for us.
0: Well, he did clear it up for me. Crocodiles are more aggressive than alligators. Okay. All right, how about we just check out this Croco clip?
3: Okay, yeah, let's do it.
0: This this Croco phone call.
3: Let's just listen to it. The Croco call. Stop.
0: Hello?
2: Alan? Yeah.
0: Hi, this is Ethan of Bad Science. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Pretty good. So, I have so much to ask you about, Alan. Just for for Lake Placid, you had a, an issue with the experts take on croc attacks. Uh, and you sent me some really deadly crocs, like, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Gustave and Bujang Sanang. So... Uh-huh. And, and Lolong, <laughs> uh, I loved all the names of these animals, by the way. But what stood out is like, here was my issue with it.
5: Well, um, there's a couple things. I, I guess first was um, he was kind of comparing uh, crocodile attacks and shark attacks. You, you know, crocodile attacks are actually really well documented. And there's a, there's an online resource, which is a database of, of crocodile attacks. You know, in, the, in their FAQ, even they say that uh, it, it's a, it's a reasonable... Uh, statement that they, there is a thousand fatalities a year uh, from crocodiles, whereas sharks, I think they grab about 80 people a year, but I don't I don't think very many of those are fatal because it's usually characterized as uh, a mistaken identity because they typically will bite a person and then taste that it's a wetsuit and not a seal, and they, they usually let the person go. I mean, that can be fatal, but it's not um, very common that it is, whereas crocodile attacks are so common um, in certain parts of the world and a high percentage of them is is fatal mm. and um, then on top of that there there are a lot of instances of individual crocodiles that take people repeatedly over and over again and there's a few that are blamed for tons and tons of human deaths it's, you know it's hard to say if that's accurate for those individuals but it's but it's not that rare that that there's an individual that is that is like a actual quote uh, man eater because it repeatedly preys on people
0: people should be much more scared of alligators (laughs) and crocodiles than sharks
5: well you know as a a kid growing up uh overseas and and like constantly reading these articles you know and then i kind of read a little bit more about sharks and but but generally people are so scared of sharks and it's it's funny because i'm a scuba diver and it's like people always the first thing everyone ever says to me is do you worry about sharks and i'm like well no because they don't ever grab almost never grab uh scuba divers you know it's like the people they do bite are typically surfers and stuff like that but it's it's like in our consciousness it's like everyone is terrified of sharks
0: right uh have you seen one have you seen one while scuba diving and thought eh whatever i don't care about that
5: (laughs) (laughs) no i i have not I, i the only sharks that i've actually i've been i've been around little ones like uh you know, the leopard sharks in California and stuff like that. But I have friends who dive with the tiger sharks and and Mm. stuff like that.
0: Just for Um, fun. Yeah.
5: That's something I want to do.
0: I mean, uh, that's sure. cool. You seem like a cool guy with cool friends. Uh, I would be pretty scared. Um, so listen, speaking of, real quick, the uh, Croc attack database, which you sent us a link. You sent us a bunch of links, which were great, but the first one was this database you talked about. They had uh, the top 10 countries uh, for Croc attacks. So I wanted to play a little game with you here and see if you could list me. It doesn't have to be in order, but if you could list me the countries on this top 10 list.
5: Well, I, uh, I would bet you that number one is Malaysia.
0: Oof. You would be losing that bet because number th- number three is Malaysia. But uh, very oh. close. Still impressive. So you got one. That's one of one.
5: Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, you
0: better not be Googling this. The Congo. Congo, not on there.
5: Botswana?
0: Nope.
5: Really? <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Indonesia?
0: Indonesia's number one.
5: Wow. I should have known that.
0: Yep. You would
5: would think that I would have known that since I lived there as a kid. Okay. Uh, Kenya?
0: Kenya, no.
5: Let's see. Tanzania? (laughs) Nope. Uh, uh, Okay. Did I already say Zimbabwe?
0: No, you did not. And that is one of the countries on the list. Zimbabwe is number nine. All right, so three out of (laughs) ten. Three out of ten. Again, very difficult game. Yeah, Indonesia, you got number one. India was number two. Malaysia, you got with your first guess number three. United States is number four, which I was surprised about. Australia, number five. Mexico, number six. Zambia, number seven. Madagascar, number eight. Zimbabwe, you got number nine. And ten is Papua New Guinea.
5: you it's interesting that Australia is so high because um, Australia—they actually have really good uh, uh, safety programs, you know, for educating people. You know, because they they had a few big sensational attacks, and they, you know, they they kind of uh, they, they even go around to schools the way we talk about fire safety. They talk about crocodile safety in the Northern Territory. I mean, that you know, would, so it's like
0: that to me. That makes sense that they have the most then because they're very aware that these things are going down.
5: Yeah, but they, but I mean, but it, but they they're a lot safer than. Um, some countries like like a lot of the places where, uh, where where the attacks happen the most you know it's a, a lot of it is because there are countries with a lot of poverty and people like washing their clothes in the river and stuff like that
0: oh gotcha um, they just don't know what's going on I mean I didn't I don't retain anything I learned in school they could have taught me crocodile safety and then I see a croc and I'm gonna get wrecked
5: yeah well the, yeah the problem is you usually don't see it
0: <laughs> right, that makes sense Yeah, they're very yeah. quick and they live in the water um, You mentioned two movies that you thought Are much better than Lake Placid Rogue and Alligator So can you can you tell me, I don't know about either of these films
5: Well, there's a whole bunch of crocodile movies And most of them are not that great um, Alligator in 1980 uh, Starring Robert Forster Is probably the most entertaining Of all the, the movies um, It's It's the classic story Of the baby alligator getting flushed down the toilet and living in the sewer. And then uh, and then in that movie what happens is there's this pharmaceutical company that's messing around with growth hormones and dumping all these dead dogs in the sewer that are full of growth hormones. So the alligator eats all the, the, the dead dogs and grows to like the, a gigantic size and then uh, eventually... Uh, you know it starts eating people and then it breaks through the sidewalk and and walks through Chicago (laughs) it's it's a great B movie it's it's really uh, entertaining and um, Rogue came out in 2007 Um, Greg McLean is the director of Wolf Creek um, and it's, it's just a great uh, monster movie it's, it's, it's much more of a horror movie than uh, Lake Placid for sure and it also because it's made in Australia I, I don't know how else to say it but it's like they have crocodiles there and they sort of know them better than, uh, than we do here and it's a, it's a really awesome um, uh, digital, mostly digital uh, crocodile that's a really good one. There's another really good one called uh, Blackwater where they actually used they, they just digitally comped in footage of real uh, crocodiles um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, and there's a bunch of terrible ones, but, you know, <laughs> you know those are some
0: of the good ones. Got you. Okay, great, man. Well, I really, dude, uh, appreciate you fact-checking the show and, and sending me that email and taking the time today to to talk to me. I really appreciate it.
5: Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. I love the show.
0: Okay. Uh, talk to you later, Alan. All right, man.
5: Thank you.
0: That's it for the show this week. Next week, we're going to have Ex Machina with Mary Holland. And the week after that, we're talking about Robocop with Moses Storm. I'm very much looking forward to 2019 and all the great films I'm going to watch and terrible films I'm going to watch for this podcast. See you then. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year.